Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome into another edition of GC Live Talking Tuesday Nights. He's Intern Joe. I'm Mike Yuva. And Intern Joe, what did we say? What did we say when we get to the month of June when it comes to South Carolina football, especially since Shane Beamer has arrived in Columbia? Once we get to June, big month. you got to buckle up. You got to buckle up because the last two years, 14, 14 Players who've committed in the month of June have signed with the Gamecocks. Now, again, short sample size. And as we've alluded to before, going back these last couple of weeks on this on this show, South Carolina, more players committed heading into this June in comparison to last year. You have nine players. You had nine players committed before you went into this June this year. So a little bit different, but the quality is what we've been talking about so much with yeah. this year's class. So that's where I want to begin tonight, intern Joe. I know there's some players who will be making their commitments either later this week or in the next couple weeks, and we will bring up those names because some of those players are guys who have South Carolina in their top, whether it be top 10, top 5, top 3, whatever the case may be. So we will make sure we highlight them as well. And we certainly don't want to take away the spotlight from these high school student athletes, we are just giving you an idea of what's going on out there, right? The best we can without spoiling anything because that's not what we do over at Gamecock Central. So with that being said, intern Joe, yesterday, three welcome homes, three welcome homes. As of this evening, as we tape this show on June 13th, only one of them has gone public. That is Mason Love. On three has him as a three-star. He's a five-star by some other Databases, I will say this, specialists are freaking weird when it comes to how they get rated, okay? It is weird how they get rated. I will just put it like that. But one of the big kicking camps that take place, the Coles kicking camp, he is rated as the number four kicker in the country. Excuse me, number four punter in the country. I want to be specific here. This is a massive pickup for South Carolina, massive pickup. And like I said in my piece yesterday on Gamecock Central, it shows you in just the short term what happens when you invest into something. They invested into Pete Lembo. They made him the highest paid special teams coordinator in the country for a coach that doesn't hold an additional on-field role. They're already seeing this rewarded by being able to land a kid of this caliber. Yeah, Mike, absolutely. Um, Mason Love, really, really, really talented punter. Um, likely to be Kai Kroger's successor. And, 
you guys can see his tape on the screen. Uh, really, really, really good looking tape. While I was looking through it this afternoon. I was really impressed. Um, like we said, uh, or like Mike said, you know, the, the, the rating on some of these kickers and specialists is a little wonky. Um, and so we don't necessarily know the full potential of this kid based on, you know, his rating. I think, you know, he could be a four-star, five-star, whatever. Like I think with specialists, it's so hard to know exactly what is going on um, in terms of rating wise, but what we can do is look at the film and from his film, I'm pretty impressed. Um, I think it's a big commitment for Lembo, um, his first real splash in terms of special teams at South Carolina. Um, so there you go. Right. I mean, being able to land one of the nation's top punters um, because of how successful your special teams has been um, over the last year, two years, three years, whatever. Um, so it, it's been big. Or Mason Love is a big commitment um, in terms of special teams. Really, really talented kid. Has a freaking cannon of a leg. Um, so I, I think it's a big get. Really excited to see. And the other thing, too, intern Joe, that I want to bring up when we talk about Mason Love is the fact that when you look at South Carolina's depth chart currently for punting, right? We know Kai Kroger's there. Kai's going to be a senior, but he also has an extra year of eligibility if he wants to exercise that in 2024. Mm -hmm. Other than Kai Kroger, William Joyce, which I think some Gamecock fans, they might not know who that is, but William Joyce, former walk-on, he has been providing depth on both kickoffs and punting, and he's also been a holder. He's someone that could earn an opportunity these next couple of years as a holder. We'll see how things play out. But I say that because in the event that Kai Kroger does return in 2024, to me, that is a win-win for everybody. And here's oh, yeah. Kai comes back. We expect Kai to be one of the best punters, not just in the SEC this year. We expect Kai to be one of the best punters in the country. Uh, Phil Steele, he just came out the other day. I think he had Kai as, I believe, uh, first team All-SEC for his preseason predictions. I'll have to go back and double check on all that um, to make sure that there's nothing more from that. But you have that. But in addition to that, in the event that Kai does come back in 2024, now you have one of the top punters. You have a top-tier guy returning in 2024. Mason Love comes in. You don't have to worry about just throwing a punter, rushing them in there. We see that happen way too many times, especially with freshmen. We see it with, with, with the specialist positions. Knowing Beamer's background with special teams, knowing Pete Lembo's background with special teams. I'm not saying there's no outliers that you, will, you won't see a freshman out there for them in some regard, but I'm sure they would tell you the same, which is when you can develop a player, you can give him an opportunity to come into your program coach him up for a year and be able to have him go out there at that point, it makes you feel more comfortable as a coach. No question. Absolutely. But he's able to learn from a very, very, very talented. And the other thing too, and I know some people don't care about hearing stuff like this, but just a good kid. I mean, Kai Kroger is one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Oh, yeah. A mentor like that to be able to learn from. I mean, we've heard this before from Mitch Jeter. I mean, Mitch Jeter talked about being able to learn from Parker White. Just having that opportunity to learn from someone experienced in front of you that knows what the hell they're doing and they're freaking good at it, 
born. They're also a good dude. It helps everybody. You know, the egos, all that stuff. I mean, you have it at different positions. It's, it's part of, it's football. It's competition. Yeah. But in that kicking room in particular, it can really help a younger player out. So, again, Kai Kroger, yes, he's a senior on paper. But I would not be shocked to see Kai return for 2024. And if he does that, I think that's a win for Mason Love and for everyone involved at South Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. Mike. Getting Kai Kroger back to mentor this kid would be huge. Um, can't speak enough positive things about how much of a leader Kai Kroger has been, how much of a great teammate he has been. Everything from within the building and, and outside of it has said, you know, Kai Kroger is a you know, stand-up human and, and a really, really good mentor. I'm excited for him to mentor this kid. I'm assuming he's going to come back or Kai will come back for 2024. Mm-hmm. Not sure yet. Um, kind of depends on this year and where his draft stock lines up, like you said. Um, but we'll see. Um, and another thing about Mason Love is, like, I went to high school with a punter who is now at Northwestern. Shout out Hunter Renner. Uh, but he, he's now at Northwestern. And I remember getting the, the lowdown. I shared a locker next to him. And I remember getting the lowdown on, on what was good for a punter. Above four and a half 4.5 seconds of hang time is really, really, really good. Um, if, you know, obviously I, I think the pros are somewhere around five. I could be wrong, but f- above four and a half seconds of hang time is really, really, really darn good. Intern Joe, I'll throw this out there. Cause I love talking about special teams when it comes to this. Yeah. Paul Brown, for those of you that know the legendary coach, Paul Brown invented the 40 yard dash when it came to training players. And the reason why he did the 40-yard dash is because around that same mark, right? And, you know, obviously players are running it much faster today. They're seeing, you know, high 4-2s, 4-3s even, but 4-4s. A lot of the guys would be running around that 4-4, 4-6, even 4-7 range. That time, in that time frame, that's usually how long it takes to run down and cover a punt. Because, again, you're looking at this as high school, but – a lot of these NFL players, if you're lucky to hit that five-second hang time, which is tremendous, a lot of those times are in the, you know, mid four fives up to that five, you know, depending on the, the caliber of talent you have. And it goes down to college as well. So I say all that because it gives you a good indication of what this punter is already doing as a junior, as a junior. Yep. And we're seeing it more and more with a lot of these punters. They're having – Coaches that are training them year-round, working with kicking coaches. So I just say those things in turn, Joe, not to cut you off, but just to bring up the fact of where this kid is at and how impressive it really is. Because, again, when you're talking about that 40-yard dash and one of the reasons why they still do it, which, honestly, I think it's pretty stupid that we're still freaking doing 40-yard dashes in 2023. I mean, it's it's flashy. It's sexy to talk about, all that kind of stuff. It gets people money. There's no question about it. But, I mean, I don't need to see a 310-pound offensive lineman doing a 40-yard dash. I don't need to see, um, you know, doing the bench. A, a frigging kicker or a quarterback doing a 40-yard dash. So, But, again, from a kicking standpoint, it gives you an idea of how long that ball is really up there. And it wasn't just, okay, he's kicking it up in the air. He's getting some good distance on it. And if oh, he has an opportunity to work with Limbo for a year, my goodness. And not just Limbo. Work with Kai Kroger. Work with uh, William Joyce. Even though he's a walk-on, he's got better. He's got better. That's what the reports have been. We don't talk about him nearly in comparison to anyone else. 
but he would have an opportunity to work with both those guys, which is obviously very beneficial for any freshman when they come in there. Because some places a freshman just shows up and it's like, shoot, here you go, kid. It's you and uh, there's there's another walk-on that walked on a year ago who really didn't do much uh, last season for us, but you're going to compete with him. Yeah, they might beat them out as a freshman in some places, but how much are you actually able to learn? That wouldn't be the case at South Carolina for him. Yeah, absolutely. And my last thing on Mason Love is on the tape, I didn't I didn't get to see his arm at all. Um, you know, I, I feel like at South Carolina, to be a punter, you need an arm. Um, so that's my one thing. Mason Love, if you're seeing this, watching this, whatever, send us some uh, – if, if you've gotten any fakes or, or quarterback highlights, send, us, send them to us. We'd love to play them and show them. Because you need an arm at South Carolina to play punter, apparently, um, under Lembo's offense. But, uh, Mike, you want to talk about – our next guy, linebacker, possibly announced he's committing, I believe. Well, again, there's two there's two welcome homes out there. There's two yeah. welcome homes out there. There was three yesterday. Mason Love was the second, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you're keeping track at home. The first one, it was not Mason Love. And, of course, the last one, of course, it wouldn't be Mason Love because Mason uh, committed before that late welcome home tweet from Shane Beamer last night. With that being said, though, these three welcome homes, they were the first welcome homes from Beamer in nearly two months. You'd have to go all the way back to April 19th when oh, Delvin Hunter there. committed to South Carolina. And then, I mean, obviously it was just a fury, right? Things come in three. I know Mike Williams, he eventually decommitted from South Carolina and recently committed the offensive lineman to Florida. I think yeah. it was just yesterday. But at that time, on April 18th, Mike Williams and Braden Lee, they both committed to USC. Williams eventually decommitted, but Lee, one of the top corners in the country, he is still committed to South Carolina. Calvin Hunter, another defensive back, he is still committed to South Carolina. We had to wait until yesterday, though. And I know people were getting antsy, but again, when you compare USC's class of 2024, even at that time in April, where it was in comparison to the year previously a hell of a lot further in terms of how many players have committed. So I say all that first intern Joe, because while we wait to see who could be going to South Carolina next, of course, official visits, they took place last weekend. Uh, They were some big ones. There's going to be some more official visits going on this weekend. You have the signees um, and some of the transfers. They're already on campus. Right, and we'll talk about that later on in the program. Nicholas Harbor, he's arrived on campus. Mm -hmm. But as far as what we could see, right, again, we're going to have to wait and see how things play out. But one of the players who took to social media yesterday is Fred Love. And Fred Love has been someone in South Carolina has been going. Fred Johnson, excuse me. Fred Johnson, and I keep saying Love, Mason Love, Love is in the ear. Fred Johnson is someone that South Carolina has been going after for quite some time. He announced yesterday that he will be making his commitment later this week. Now, if you go on to On3, if you're not familiar with Fred Johnson, on the website, the recruiting prediction machine is giving South Carolina the big, big, big advantage, and that's at 98.9%. Johnson is a three-star Rated by the on three industry ranking, which takes 
all of the recruiting databases and puts them all into one and spits out just one giant number. Six foot three. The website has him currently at 195. Wes Mitchell wrote a story on Fred Johnson just the other day. That weight is actually up now to 225. 225. It's crazy. So that's a 30 pound increase um, for all you non math whizzes out there. But Fred Johnson, and I believe, let's give, you know, because I, I, I definitely take my half of inch when I, when I can with my height. Fred Johnson, six foot three and a half, according to Wes. Six three on the website, six three and a half. We throw the halves around here. You know, got to gotta take them while you can. But that is someone who is making his commitment later this week. Our colleague, Chris Clark, this morning, this morning, he went ahead and put a confidence score in of 75%. 75% Chris Clark as South Carolina being able to land Fred Johnson as Johnson is set to make his commitment later this week. I do want to be able to share with you some of the other schools that have been going after him. If you go onto the on three website though, I mean, literally it is just South Carolina and there's no one else, no one else. But uh, just as of, I think June 5th, Fred received his 17th, 17th D1 offer, and that was by Duke. If you keep going down the list, keep going down the list, um, and actually, intern Joe, if I can for a second, I want to share this. Yeah, I got to share. I'm going to take over real quick. Yeah. I want to share this. Where is it on Twitter? We can see that. There we go. This is actually from Fred Johnson just the other day. Or I should say eh, June 4th. So just, just, just nine days ago. But these were his measurements when he went to South Carolina. So that's where you're seeing the six three and a half. That's where you're seeing the 225 pounds. Again, I, I know some people, because we've got to this point now. We've got to this point now with South Carolina landing – some pretty freaking talented athletes, oh, right? Yeah. With all these four stars. We're getting to a point now where some, not all, some people get upset when there's a three-star. First off, three-stars are the are the heartbeat when it comes to programs. I mean, it, it's the God's honest truth. You can have all the four-stars and five-stars in the world. And you bring in some talented three-stars who could be different makers, difference makers, my goodness. Go ask DJ Swearinger. Go ask Connor Shaw. But I, I say that because he is a guy that, again, three stars, when you looked at on threes, industry ranking of them, and that was 30 pounds less. Yeah, He's bigger now. He's faster now. He's stronger now. He is someone that South Carolina was able to identify quickly they wasted no time on him. And, oh, by the way, guess where he's from? Virginia. So being able to tap into that DMA, I mean, excuse me. DMV. The DMV. DMA is a TV term. The, DM, the DMV, to be able to land this kid would be massive for South Carolina. Again, 
he has gone public saying that he will be making his commitment very soon. And as we've seen from, as we've seen from Chris Clark this morning, Clark said that he is giving that confidence score towards South Carolina at 75%. Yeah. I'm, I'm really impressed with this kid's tape. Mike, Fred Johnson just screams linebacker name to me. Um, I don't know. And then he also wears nine, one of my favorite linebackers ever. Wore nine, Jalen Smith. I also wore nine growing up. So I'm, I'm a sucker for this Fred Johnson kid, man. Now, thanks yeah, for I, sharing I, with us, Steve McNair. I, I love, um, you know, his tape. Really, really athletic. Obviously, here you can see him playing some wide receiver. Just going up and getting it. Like, really, really, really athletic. And I think the three stars are lying to you especially if you did put on that extra weight. Um, it's it's only going to be a matter of time before it gets bumped up. Um, he's still got a senior season to go. And, I mean, we Mike, we, we always see late bloomers in recruiting. Um, and I think Fred Johnson's one of them, 6'3". I, what, what was the weight that you said he, he's up 30 pounds to 220-something? He was at one. So on three, if you go to our website on three, and I'll tell you right now, I'll tell you right now, if you're not a subscriber to Gamecock Central, I know you're probably sick and tired of hearing all the pitches and this and that. I get that. I understand that. If you're someone that's even thought, just thought about joining Gamecock Central, take advantage of all the offers that are going on right now. You can sign up today, 50% off, 50% off for the whole year. It's not just football. You get get men's basketball, women's basketball, baseball. Uh, In addition to that, Let's say you don't want to shell out that type of money right now. You just want to, you know, baby step on in. I get it. Totally understand it. Why not sign up today where you can do three months for 10 bucks or you sign up for one month for $1. I'm telling you right now, what's going to take place. And it is June 13th. You saw what happened yesterday. And I put it out there yesterday after the first welcome home. South Carolina is not even close. They're not even close to being done from everything that I've been told. Watch this hurdle. Everything that I've been told over the last 48 hours, they're not even close to being done these next couple weeks. So I say that because if you want more intel, you want the latest on scoops, Wes and Chris are two of the best in the business when it comes to high school recruiting for South Carolina, and not just that, but as well as the transfer portal, you want to sign up. You want to sign up. So, again, that's my kind of my, my salesman's pitch. But – um. Yeah. And it's, it's in the ticker it's too. Really um, to take advantage. But I say that, I say all that because I want to tease. I want to tease a little bit of what right Wes put on Gamecock Central. And I don't want to go too deep into it because, again, we want to make sure that if you're a subscriber, you can take advantage by looking this stuff up. But I wanted to find, I wanted to find a quote. What I just said. I wanted to find the quote that we were just talking about with about Fred Johnson and Wes just did a story recently on him. And where is it? Okay, this is the one quote that I'll read. And again, if you want to read more about it, it's behind a, a paywall on Gamecock Central. Sign up today. Again, $1, one month. I mean, shoot. I mean, that's like going into Costco's and getting all the free samples you want for nothing. I mean, that's that's practically stealing at this point. This is what he had to say. 
He said, quote, in terms of what stood out during his unofficial visit. So he took an unofficial visit uh, this past weekend. Quote, I would say the coaches, facilities, stuff like that, how much they care about you. They were telling me they want me bad, stuff like that, telling me they want me to really, they want me really bad. I know for some people, I know for some people they hear that, so it's like, all right, oh, we hear that all the time. The part about caring, though, that has been something that has been echoed over and over this past spring. Specifically, and we could say this about you know a bunch of coaches, but specifically about Tory and Gray. I say that because trust like that has allowed Torian to get the best out of these defensive backs. It helped turn Jalen Foster into an All-American his final year. It helped develop the Division II transfer, Carlin Spatel, to be a starter in the SEC and eventually get signed by the Steelers. It turned Cam Smith and helped develop him into a more polished defensive back, someone that can play both inside and outside. We saw what happened with Darius Rush. We're seeing what's happening right now with some of the other talented players. Nick Eamon Worry at safety, right? You think about DQ Smith in the season that he had as a freshman. O'Donnell Fortune, Marcella Style. We can just keep going down the list. So I'm specifically talking about Torrey and Gray, but anytime you mention a positional coach on defense, it all goes back to the defensive coordinator. All goes back. And Clayton White is the exact same. He is the exact same. He is an extension Right, Torian Gray is an extension of what Clayton White is and what he wants to be in terms of being able to build those relationships up. So I say all that stuff, Joe, because hearing stuff like that, and I'll throw one more other tidbit in there. One, one more other tidbit. They said that they they'd be interested in him potentially playing Sam Will and a little bit of nickel. Okay, and again, if you want to read more information about. Fred Johnson's visit, unofficial visit to South Carolina, head on over to GamecockCentral.com. West did a tremendous job, tremendous job of being able to find um, or be able to track down Fred and talk about his, his recent visit. But again, I truly believe there is something to be said about how South Carolina has gone about recruiting since the day Beamer has arrived here. And you keep hearing the care part, the care part. I'm not saying other places they don't. You don't hear players say they don't hear recruits say it, but you 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 heard players this past spring echo that, right? I mean, how many times do you hear a player go somewhere and they're like, oh, they care about me? But after they go to South Carolina or you know you go anywhere for that matter, they say South Carolina. Put that aside. You go to a different place and they don't really give a crap about you. You're just the number. That's not the cl- that's not the case at USC. Yeah. That's not the case. We've heard players who are still here say that. That doesn't happen at every place. I promise you that. Because once they get you on campus, once the coaching staff gets you on campus, I understand the transfer portals there. The game's changing a little bit, but once they have you on campus, you're theirs. You're theirs at least for one year. So, caring, doing all those little things. It's something to be said about that. And it's standing out with the recruits, but it also stands out with the players on campus. So, again, Fred Love announced that he will be making his commitment later this week. Fred Johnson, excuse me. I'm making up players here. I'm just combining Mason Love and Fred Johnson. Hey, man, that Fred Love guy sounds really good. Yeah, Fred Love. He'd be a hell of a player, too. Uh, Fred Johnson will be making his commitment later this week in South Carolina. 
is in the hunt. Chris Clark, once again, giving a confidence score of 75%. As far as who that other player could be, uh, and again, that's not to say Johnson will be. We're just throwing that out there that he'll be making a scrimmage later this week. Um, look, there's some talented guys. I will say this. I will say this because I don't want to say who it is. This is one that's going to get South Carolina fans very excited about. Oh, yeah. Very excited about. And I think what it speaks volumes of is USC having a plan and being able to execute it. Okay. And I'll leave it off at that. But there's no timetable on when that one could be made. Um, but again, unofficial visits took place. Excuse me, official visits. Some players took unofficial visits this past week, and there'll be some more this week. I expect things to pick up in turn, Joe. I expect things to pick up these next couple of weeks. And I mean, this is the time of the year. This is what we expected, but what a hell of a way to start things off yesterday. Yeah. Triple Monday for South Carolina. Um, I was impressed. I, I only thought there was going to be two, Mike, um, and then found out about the other one later. Uh, but, yeah, this it's it's June. It's a really, really, really good month for South Carolina, like we talked about. Um, Fred Johnson probably being a really, really good piece, like I said, underrated, under-talented. His rating is going to skyrocket this next upcoming fall. Um, I'm going to be – Waiting for that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, three welcome homes in a day. It's it's just starting. We saw Kelvin Hunter's tweet yesterday, um, and he said business is booming. And it's just a reflection on how things actually are going for this 2024 class. And we all know about um, – I don't. it's not next weekend, but the weekend after, I believe, is when everyone is here. Um, Dante and um, Dylan Stewart, a lot of other guys in that 2024 class that are really, really, really key pieces will all be here that weekend. So looking ahead to that weekend should be a whole lot of fun. And I, I mean, it's only starting for South Carolina. I mean, the month yeah. of June just started and we're going to see a lot more welcome homes on the way, but Mike, before we get to the quarterback and the 2024 class, who's about to do something really cool. Uh, I want to talk about our sponsors. Let's get after it. And intern Joe, we'll start off with our good friend, Clint Hammond over at the movement mortgage. Clint has Clint has been a long time supporter of not just GC live, but Gamecock central. He also worked with our very own Wes Mitchell and helped him when he was purchasing a home right now. Rates are crazy. They're absolutely insane. If you're trying to purchase a house right now, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you want someone that number one knows what they're doing, but number two, he's not going to, stare you astray. He's going to find out what he can do to help you and get you the best rate possible, make the process that much easier. Give Clint Hammond a call. He also did that for former Gamecock quarterback, Perry Orth. Made that process for Mr. Orth much easier as well. Give him a call over at 803-771-6933. Once again, that is Clint Hammond over at the Movement Mortgage. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. And I'm going to talk to you guys about our next sponsor. As always, our good friends over at Tax ID. Sorry, my computer's glitching. There we go. So, yeah, Mike, Tax ID is that uncertain feeling you get right before doing your taxes, but you don't have to go through it alone. The tax team at Liberty Tax and Irmo, Lexington, and Columbia will walk you through the process, clear up any confusion, and guarantee you'll get the biggest possible refund or your money back. It's tax time. If you're in a hurry for your refund, call the tax team at Liberty Tax. Fast, accurate, and guaranteed. On the other hand, if you think you might be owing Uncle Sam, talk to the Liberty Tax team. To make sure you're not paying more than you should owe, they'll find every possible deduction for you. Locally owned and operated, staffed by tax professionals from your neighborhood. Open 9 to 9 on weekdays and 9 to 5 on Saturdays with multiple service options. Start the Liberty Tax mobile app. 
or through the desktop portal, make an appointment or just walk in, give a call to upload tax documents. And when you come in, your return will be ready to review and sign. Give them a call at 803-462-5576. Once again, 803-462-5576 for all of your tax needs. Intern Joe, you mentioned it. Dante Reno, big week for him. Big week for a lot of players who are arriving on campus. But first, let's talk about Reno because Reno will be heading out to L.A. this week. He's getting ready to compete in the Elite 11 Finals. And to get invited to this, number one, it speaks volumes of the talent that you must have. But to be coming from New England, all right, I know I have a bias, but to be coming from New England, it is not easy. It is not easy. And not even just New England, but just the Northeast in general. I think there's only two quarterbacks from the Northeast uh, that were invited to this, and Reno's one of them. What Reno has done during his time in high school, it's impressive. He'll have another opportunity to – and I think this is something that's kind of gone under the radar. He'll have an opportunity to learn a new playbook as he transfers high schools, and then he'll be learning another playbook as he gets ready for college. So I say that because already a smart kid, son of a coach, right, all that kind of stuff that we already know, but being able to learn new playbooks and having to learn three playbooks in three years is something I think is going to help him out tremendously once he gets to South Carolina. With that all being said, this week, he's one of 20 quarterbacks that's invited. He's going to have a chance to not only – impress many people out there but he's also gonna have a chance to be able to raise his his overall grade and i know there's some people right oh why does he only have this many stars why does this website uh, why is on three maybe not as high on him or this so that i promise you he goes out there and has a hell of a week which i'm expecting him to do just that you will see him skyrocket skyrocket i feel like just because of the region he's at when you're talking about quarterbacks, you're not necessarily thinking the same type of talent like you see across the country. Um, But I can tell you right now, and I've played against talented guys up in new England myself. There are some ballers, especially at the quarterback position. And I think Reno is going to prove that when he goes out to LA and he's going to put South Carolina on the map when it comes to, people paying more attention to the program the next couple of years because he's going there. Of course, Sellers is there. I'm not taking anything away. But what I'm trying to get at is I expect him to have success at the Elite 11 Finals that people are going to say, man, I want to pay attention to see how Reno's career plays out at South Carolina. Yeah, Mike, I think at the Elite 11, um, something Dante is going to do and, and probably will do. It's just, like you said, putting South Carolina on a map. Um, that resonates with me in terms of, like, quarterback recruits. Yeah, you brought up Lenore Sellers, you know, kind of a big quarterback recruit that Beamer's gotten already. But South Carolina, other than Spencer Rattler, he was out of the transfer portal. I don't necessarily count that. But other than Lenore Sellers, South Carolina isn't necessarily known for landing big quarterback recruits. I mean, there was Ryan Holinsky, there was uh, Lenore Sellers, whatever. But, I mean, if Dante goes out to Elite 11 and just rips it up, I think South Carolina has a really, really good reputation in finding quarterback talent. And Dante is one of those guys, too. Like you said, like New England, it's so crowded up there with talent. Being able to go into New England and find him, and, yeah, his dad's a head coach at Yale, but still talent speaks anywhere. Um, But to be able to do that and find Dante, not necessarily a diamond in the rough, but 
to show his his potential and what he can be out at elite, out at elite eleven. Excuse me, um, is going to be really really big for him. I know he's excited. I know the rest of Gamecock football, everybody within that building are excited to go see what exactly he can do out in LA. And best of luck to him. Good friend of the program here at Talking Tuesdays and Gamecock Central. Um, but yeah, Dante has a really 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 good chance to not only you know, update his, uh, his his stars and his rankings, but also to put South Carolina even more so on the map in terms of quarterback recruiting. Yeah, and for those of you that aren't familiar with the Elite 11s, just a quick little background on it. The Elite 11 finals brings together the top 20 rising senior quarterbacks for the class of that year. And, of course, this case, it is the class of 2024 in a highly competitive setting. Finalists will take part in on-field drills, routes on air, classroom instruction and off-field development and that's going to take place starting tomorrow june 14th and it will run until friday in los angeles california the elite 11 will be named at the conclusion of the elite 11 finals the elite 11 champion that is so what that ultimately ultimately means is that i just think more notoriety right that's that's the best way to put it um, the elite 11, I mean, they, they have featured a long list of talented stars. So a lot of former number one overall draft picks. I mean, you think about Bryce young, Carson Palmer, Kyler Murray, Jameis Winston. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, Matthew Stafford, Andrew Luck, a couple Heisman winners. I just mentioned right there. So I, I say that because having the opportunity to be here, it speaks volumes because it is very difficult to do number one, but it's going to give him an opportunity to not just show off his talent and his skills in a very competitive setting. It's also going to allow him to get coached up a little bit more. I mean, he has some great coaches and he works with a quarterback guru up in new England. And he has been, I mean, I can tell you right now that that quarterback coach, he works out with some of the top players in the state and has produced a lot of talented players, um, not just in the state of Massachusetts, I should say in new England. But um, he's going to get some extra coaching out there in L.A. as well. So a tremendous opportunity for Reno. I think Wes Mitchell was asked this question. I don't know if there's any way to watch it. I think Wes said he was going to try to look that up. I don't know if he's answered that yet. I haven't seen it anywhere. But if there is a way to watch it, we will certainly put the link out there. And then once the Elite 11 finals wraps up, we will get you caught up with Dante and we'll do a recap on how things went for him out yeah. there. I do one more thing about the elite 11 before we stop talking about it. I, I'm really, really excited to see Dante kind of go up against the big guns, right? Dylan Rayola committed to Georgia last couple of weeks, number one overall recruit in the 2024 class um, for some people, I believe, right? Or at least that the Gamecocks were going after. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He gets to go, up against Dylan Rayola, there's a lot of other talented names in there. A lot of SEC guys, too. So, obviously, like, you can't put the pads on and see it just happen right away in a real game situation. But this is about as close as you're going to get to see, you know, your recruits battling up against the ne- – who, who's up next for some of these bigger programs like a Georgia and Florida and Bama and whatnot. So, <clears throat> this is big for Dante. I'm, I'm also really excited to see how he does against with Dylan Rayola and if he can, you know, prove everybody wrong in terms of – you know, not being ranked as high and whatnot. I mean, the world is his oyster at this thing. And I I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes out and, and, and raises some eyebrows. Um, I think he's got all the talent in the world. And 
clearly based on on Twitter recently and his quarterback coach and all the clips that they've been posting, I think he's ready. Uh, so it's it's going to be fun to see. Hopefully we can watch it. If not, obviously we'll get the recap from the man himself after the Elite 11. That should be a great interview. I'm excited to have Dante on again. He's the man. Um, but, yeah, it, it'll be really interesting to see where he places and, and how he does against some of the top talent in the nation in terms of – Yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned that. I mean, I'm just looking at some of the names right here. I mean, DJ Lagway, I mean, he's the number three rated quarterback in the nation. Ear Nolan, he's going to Ohio State. C.J. Carr, he's headed to Notre Dame, and he is the number six overall quarterback for the class. There's guys in there, and I it's it is sometimes you know people are going to be wondering, okay, how is this player in there over another player that might not have the same type of ranking, right? Because I mean the the top twenty, um, this is just how it goes, and you have to compete, you have to earn your opportunity from competing at some of the regional ones and you get invited to this. So it's a, uh, Jaden Davis, number four quarterback in the country, according to the industry rankings by on three, uh, he's committed to Michigan. He'll be there as well. Um, there's some talented guys. There's some talented guys. And I think it'll be good to see how Reno responds to the opportunity to be placed out there uh, when he's there. I do want to mention this, though, kind of changing things up a little bit in turn, Joe. This week, the players who are getting ready for this upcoming season, a lot of the players have already arrived on campus, uh, one of those players being Nicholas Harbor. And we're starting to look now ahead to the new season. And trying to get the official list that Wes yeah. just put out the other day. I saw Nick Harbour was on campus because uh, Pop Howard posted uh, something on his Instagram story with him, said son is in town or something like that. I thought that was pretty funny. Shout out Pop for making me laugh there. So, speaking so of the, the, ones that, the ones that have arrived already, the summer enrollees, Nicholas Harbour, Bakari Swain, uh, Aluatos and Babalade, this one is the one I know a lot of people are looking forward to just because of the lack of experience and depth in the running back room, and that's Dontavious, a.k.a. DJ Braswell. Yeah. He is on campus, the four-star speedster from Georgia. Georgia. Um, Trevon Baugh, Kelton Henderson, Zabari Sandy. Zabari Sandy, if many of you remember, he was one of the first commits going back to last year for 2023. Uh Jatavius Shivers, Elijah Codwell, C.J. Adams, Cameron Sandlin, uh, and then Tyshawn Russell, Jatavius Greer, Gear, excuse me, the transfer from Syracuse, Jatavius Gear. Um, and then the spring enrollees, I mean, there's already some players that were there. So I'm, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I mean, I think a lot of people, it starts with Nicholas Harbor, right? I mean, that's the person that everyone's going to want to yeah. see. I think outside of Harbor, outside of Harbor, the ones that I'm most interested in seeing, um, Louis and Bubalade, and I think Dontavious Braswell. I think those two in particular. That's not to say these other players that they're br- that bringing in. Um, Dontavious Gear would certainly be another one, but I think outside of Gear, just speaking offensively. I want to see, you know, Bubalade and Braswell, but defensively, yeah, it starts with gear. I mean, how can it start with him? 
you want to see what you can get. That's a guy that could be a starter at some point for you this season. He could be a guy that's seeing a lot of playing time early on in the year. And he's going to have a chance to be able to do that just because of the lack of depth at edge right now, number one. But number two, even the guys that are there, the experienced guys that we've talked about before, there's just been so many injuries, the consistency. You need to be able to stay on the field, and it's going to allow him an opportunity to compete early. And that's never a bad thing. It's going to push guys in front of him, and it's going to motivate him to get on the field. So Gear is a guy that I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see what's what he's going to do now that he's on campus. And have, that's the other thing, too. These guys are going to have an opportunity. They're going to have an opportunity to work out with Luke Day. So if you think some of these guys are already looking big, or you know what? Hey, coming out of high school, maybe you just have some of that baby fat on you. It's natural when you're 17, 18 years old. Well, son, welcome to the big leagues. Now you're going to be working out with Luke Day. We've seen what Luke Day has been able to do in regards to the transformation process with some of these guys just wait just wait and see so you want to see a picture if they posted a picture of them on instagram what they looked like whatever back in february or even i don't know the last couple weeks look at that picture and i promise you they will not look the same no majority of them they will not look the same come august no absolutely not um so yeah excited for harbor to be on campus just like everybody else um, Cameron Sandlin, another athletic guy. I don't think he'll see the field much this year, but another guy with some high upside. I remember during the recruiting cycle kind of watching him, especially last summer a little bit when he came and visited. Um, so I think that's a name to kind of look out for um, outside of the harbors and Babalades. Um, so should be fun to watch. Uh, Hunter has a question. Mike, you brought up next year. Who do you all think will be on our schedule or who do you on our schedule when they release the SEC schedules for next year? Tomorrow. <laughs> as that drops tomorrow and I can't read, I'm sorry. Um, well, and I know Gamecock fans are going to get upset about this one because it seems like every year the schedule just keeps getting tougher and tougher. I wouldn't be shocked to see Alabama fall on South Carolina's lap. No, neither would I. It's, it's been, I think it's about time, especially going to Tuscaloosa because yeah, goodness, I can't remember the last time South Carolina had to go play out there. That rumor mill has been out there, right, Mike? Like that leading up, like I started seeing stuff about that like last week. So I don't know if that's the worst kept secret or if it's just the rumor mill or what. But it's yeah, man. Like it's it's gonna be tough. And I, South Carolina hasn't gone to Bama yet. I don't. I mean, maybe sometime way back in the history. But so I'm looking it up right now. I'm looking it up right now. <clears throat> the last time that South Carolina went to Tuscaloosa was back in 2009. It feels like. It feels like it's been longer than that. It does. Right? They play them there, and then the following year, Alabama came to Columbia, and we all know how that played out. The upset, Stephen Garcia, Alshon Jeffrey, Marcus Lattimore. You can just keep going down the list. There's so many. But, um, yeah, I mean, the last one, two, three, four, the last four meetings between these two teams, they've ranged from 20 or, two, excuse me, 2005 until 2019 only one of those trips was out in south it was out in alabama mm-hmm. and the other one time that or the more recent time that south carolina went to tuscaloosa was in 2004 2004 so in that time and granted alabama certainly not as talented as they are now but uh south carolina beat alabama 
in 2004. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see. But I think that will be one of them. I I, I wouldn't be shocked I, to see a Texas or an OU either. No, uh, I, I wouldn't be either. I think I think it's going to be one. I don't think you get both. There's no way you, you fit both them and Bama in. Um, but I think just also, too, one, my last thing on the Bama piece is like the way that the SEC has been rotating – South Carolina's non-Eastern schedule these last couple of years. And yes, I know that it's it's changing. It's just going to be conference games. Whoever's in your conference, they'll schedule it. Great. But I think Bama is it's the likely choice after playing Mississippi State. Um, and I know you played Bama a few years ago, but it's still – I mean, I was a freshman when we played Bama and they came in here and, and marched all over Ryan Hollins. Well, intern Joe, and I, I don't know. Take this for what it's worth. There is a schedule that's already been released with 2024, and it has at Alabama on it. Thank you for what it's worth, I guess, yeah. I mean, I don't know how much I want to entertain this. This is a very – Where Where is it? This is a, a website that is usually spot on when it comes to schedules, fbsschedules.com. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It has at Alabama, at Florida, at Kentucky – Georgia, Missouri, Tennessee, Texas A&M, Vandy. I don't like entertaining these things. No. But at the same time, too. We'll find out tomorrow. I I think some of this has already been leaked out. Like I said, we I don't think we'd be hearing about the Bama rumors if there wasn't some kind of truth to it, right? Like, I don't think ever some random dude on Twitter would have just been like, hey, we haven't played Alabama in a little bit. Like, I think that's – So, I, I can't believe I'm entered – I can't believe I'm entertaining this, but I'll show it because this is a website that is oh yeah fairly credible. This is a credible website. It's always been right. Um, they have at Alabama again. These things get leaked out all the time, so that's why I'm not going to be shocked if this is true. Again, take it for what it's worth. Nothing official has been put out there yet, but this is a website that I that I use when it comes to schedules. Um, I do think it's very interesting that they already have a lot of this out there already. So we're going to have to see which ones are right when they come out tomorrow. But with all this other stuff being said, the TBAs, right? The stuff that has not been officially announced. What we do know is this, though. Old Dominion. Are they the Old Dominion that beat Virginia Tech a couple years ago? No. But Old Dominion, I'm not going to sleep on them because of that. It's kind of like and I know they're not, it's not the same, but like app state, right. After Appalachian state beat Michigan on that block kick. And obviously app state has done a tremendous job of growing from FCS to now being an FBS program. But I just, I never could take app state for granted. Right. Um, So you see that app state, you have to play Akron, you play Wofford. And then of course you play Clemson. So, those are the non-conference games that we know of, at least as of today. You see the dates of when those games are being played. Playing Wofford the week before Clemson, that stuff always scares me. I know Wofford's not running the triple option like they used to back in the day. But um, still, you know, that's a week you should be able to get healthy, get ready for Clemson. You pray that no one gets hurt during that Wofford game. But again... I, I don't know what's going on here. 
with seeing this schedule, with seeing some of these this stuff get released. Um, I really don't want to put too much stock into it. I'm over Ooh. here. I'm putting. I'm giving them way too much credit. We'll find out tomorrow, right? I'm giving them way too much credit. Um, I will out. say this though: if they do play Alabama, I don't think any of us are going to be surprised. No, absolutely not. All right, we had one more question, and I know we covered this with the spring game, but one more question before we wrap up. I figured we could get to it. How much playing time will Sellers see this year? So I've been back and forth on this. I feel like I've been talking out of both sides of my mouth these last couple shows. Yeah. The more the more I keep thinking about it, unless they truly feel like it's just not in his best interest to see the field right away because they just don't want to ruin his confidence in some shape, way, or form, or they feel like you're doing a disservice to the team by taking Spencer Rattler off the field. It sounds like sellers, these packages that they potentially could be using him in this fall. It sounds like there's, there's some, there's some validity to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, what exactly that looks like, I have no clue. And the reason I say that is a lot of stuff like that can change. It can be fluid. It starts with what are you getting from Luke Doty in fall camp, right? How's Luke Doty looking? Because if if Doty is off for whatever reason, now, okay, you want to use sellers, but at the same time, too, you use them in packages, is the thought process just a little bit different? Because now, again, I'm not saying this is the case, but if sellers is to go out there and this coaching staff eventually deems him to be the number two quarterback, is it worth putting your number two quarterback out there in some type of package? Especially when you're talking about most likely stuff that was similar to what Tim Tebow did. And let's face it, Sellers, he's got some size to him, but he's not built like Tim Tebow. No. Do you risk putting him in there knowing that all it takes, all it takes, and this could happen to anybody on any given play, even going to practice, go ask Luke Doty. Hendon Hooker. Yeah. All it takes is one play, one play. And now is it worth doing that with your backup quarterback, knowing that, okay, if our starter goes down, you know, what's that gap? What's that gap between the starting quarterback and your number two quarterback? If, if Doty is your number two guy, does that give them more comfortability with putting in sellers in those short packages? I think it does. I think it does. So again, I feel like a lot of that's going to have, is going to be decided based on what takes place in fall camp as they compete for the number two spot. And again, I'd still say that, Doty is the guy that I expect to be the number two quarterback. But uh, I also feel like having the ability to use him in four games, South Carolina might get creative at the beginning of the season, right? I mean, you look at that game against North Carolina, UNC, even though I feel like in Gamecock fans will have plenty of time to talk about it. Well, plenty of time to talk about it. Tons of time. At this point right now, at this point right now, and I don't want to be the wet blanket on the room. I'm just calling it for what I, as I see it, I would give North Carolina the advantage heading into week one. And the reason I say that is 
there's just more questions that are already answered for the Tar Heels, right? They have a defense that was crap last year. I understand that. But from an offensive standpoint, even though I do expect South Carolina to get better as the year gets goes on, I expect Rattler and Juice, and I even expect to carry on Joyner to do some special things at running back. We still haven't seen it yet. What we saw in the spring game, we've talked about this ad nauseum on Talking Tuesdays. That offense that we saw in the spring game, that's not what we're going to see. It's going to be fast-paced. It's going to be different. What does it look like, though, when the lights are on? What does it look like when Dal Loggins is running the type of offense that he wants to run? How are these guys going to respond to it? I feel like because North Carolina – They're not going to have any tape on what South Carolina is going to do. They're going to have to look at a little bit of what Dow Loggins did in the NFL. They're going to have to look a little bit at what USC did last year. They're going to have to pay attention to what DeCarion Joyner did to them in that same freaking stadium a couple years ago. Because of that, I think USC can really catch North Carolina off guard. And not just those things that I mentioned but also being able to throw sellers in there. So when we're talking about how they use sellers in four games, and maybe they say after that, mm, you know what, we're going to we're gonna fall back yeah, on this. Mike, I'm glad you brought that up because my stance, and I guess we can end on this, but my stance on the whole Lenore Sellers thing is simple. Don't do whatever you can to hold on to his red shirt because that kid with that much potential, you don't want to do anything stupid, like i.e. say have a Hendon Hooker injury or something, you know, just fluky, very goofy injury that could put him out for a good amount of time. And then you lose a little bit of that potential with the injury and stuff and whatnot. But my stance on it is simple. Hold on to his eligibility. I think Doty's a very capable number two. And I think Doty's also capable of playing the Tim Tebow role, if you will. I mean, Doty's got legs. He's, he's quick. Um, and, and if you don't want to get Rattler hurt in a short yardage situation, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me to put a kid that's had all the hype of the quarterback, the next guy up, Spencer's well, placement possibly. And but. it's not just that, Joe. And Rob, I'll, I'll bring up what you said, okay? Rob says, if Doty is the number two we failed. I don't view it that way, Rob. I think the thing with Sellers is he's had an opportunity now, and this is the beauty of being able to enroll early. Sellers is ahead of the game when it comes to where most – high school players who are going to be enrolling. You know, we talked about some of those players that are enrolling this week. He's ahead of the game. That's a good thing. But even though he has the raw talent, even though he can throw the football, even though he can, because I know, and I am sick and tired of people just saying, all right, and we've seen it over the last couple of years. Oh, this kid can just run. No, sellers can friggin' throw. He can throw. But as I've mentioned before, and it's no fault to his own, and I think he's going to continue to get better because he's had those 15 practices in the spring. He needs to continue to develop going through his progressions. Well, and that comes with time because my- all the natural ability that he was able to demonstrate, not just in the spring, but in high school, some things he was able to get away with. And that's not to say he can't be special. That's not to say he's not good enough right now. It's yeah. just showing that it's, it's going to take some time to make him as polished as I think some people want to believe that he is right now. And what happens sometimes is when you throw a young quarterback in there, and it's quarterback more than anything, it can happen to other positions. Quarterbacks, yes, we've seen freshman quarterbacks go in there and they do some great things. But when you throw in some freshman quarterbacks, if they're not there yet when it comes to reading progressions, 
the confidence level can get shot down. That's my biggest fear with him. That's my biggest fear. Now, if you're using him in a package and you're not using him every down, and obviously you're praying to God that Spencer Rattler stays healthy and that you're not going to have to get to quarterback number two, whether that be Luke Doty, whether that be Lenora Sellers, but you want to make sure that he is as comfortable and as ready as possible. I think whenever that moment is, right, whatever that moment is, if it's next, whatever it is, I feel like he will be ready. I feel like he will be ready. But it's being able to capitalize off of the opportunity that you do have right now, which is you have Spencer Rattler still back this season. If Rattler wasn't here, if Rattler decided to go and test the waters of the NFL after this past season, this offseason would be much different, much different. Because the talk would all start with, okay, Luke Doty, most likely heading into fall camp, he's going to be the starting quarterback. Does he hold off Lenora Sellers? That would be a different conversation. I just feel like where they can be at, I feel like Sellers is going to get better. And I think it's going to take the pressure off him a little bit, knowing like, hey, we have a number one quarterback. That's great. I want to be better because guess just what we talked about. What's going to happen after this year? And I'm Rob, I appreciate that. I'm glad you brought it up, though, because I'm sure you're not the only one that's thinking that. What's going to happen next year, especially at this time? Dante Reno is going to be enrolling into Columbia. And as I've said many, many times before, making a comparison to the upstate with Clemson, just because I feel like it's a good comparison of, you know, you have another FBS program, a team that has had a lot of success with being able to develop quarterbacks. South Carolina has a golden opportunity, has a golden opportunity next year to really develop some talented quarterbacks. The old cliches of iron sharpens iron. I'm excited. I'm excited for what this quarterback room could look like next year because Reno's going to come in here. He's going to want to prove something. Sellers is going to have a year under his belt. At least right now, you would assume because of the year of eligibility that he still would have. I think he'd actually have two years. Doty can come back the following year. I mean, that quarterback room could look really fun next season. So, again, I say all that because – I think South Carolina is in very good shape with quarterback right now. And you pray that no one gets hurt this year, starting with Spencer Rattler. But if you're able to develop sellers, you're able to develop, you know, Reno once he gets here next year, but specifically sellers this year in turn, Joe, man, I think this quarterback room could be special for the next couple seasons. But with that all being said, I think they'll find a way to get sellers on the field in some shape, way or form. Yeah, at least once or twice. I don't think they're going to put his red shirt in jeopardy. Um, but another thing, my last point here on this whole quarterback thing, because we've been going on for a minute, <laughs> but I think Doty is the guy that you also want to help mentor Lenore Sellers, right? Like, Bingo. Doty is going to be here Bingo. longer than Spencer will be. And yes, Spencer has done some great things mentoring Luke in one year and also some of those younger guys within one year, but Spencer's going to be gone next year, right? And so you need a guy that's going to be a consistent face for a Lenore Sellers and then, you know, Dante possibly next year and stuff like that. You need a guy and everything I hear about Luke Doty coming out of that program is how great of a leader he is, how great of a person he is, how well is he, he's doing with being where he is at the depth chart and stuff. I don't, I mean, Luke Doty is very satisfied with where he is. Obviously he, he would want to be the starting quarterback, but Spencer Rattler is better. He's, he's better talent, but I, I think it's big for, for Doty to be number two, because you, number one, you don't want to get Sellers hurt and lose his red shirt or and mess with his red shirt or anything like that. But I think 
you know, you, you need another mentor in there. And yeah, on some depth charts, it might look like sellers at two and, and Doty at three. I think we might get there. We might not. I don't know. It's all hypotheticals, but you need Luke Doty in there to mentor Lenore sellers too. Um, I, I, for the people who are saying, or, I don't know what Luke Doty's doing this year, or, or, you know, I don't know if we need him or just ready to go to Lenoris. I think you're really, really, really overlooking how much of a leader and mentor Luke Doty has been and, and will be. I mean, great kid. We and the other thing Doty. too, and the other thing too, okay. I'm not saying that Doty's going to go out there and he's going to put up friggin' Heisman numbers. Okay. No one's no. saying that. No one's saying that. But with that being said, the sample size that we've seen from Doty when he's been on the field, we've we've done this exercise before. I can't believe I'm going to even waste my time doing this again. His freshman year, he came in on a sinking ship, right? Head coach is fired. Shai Smith is the only receiver that can catch anything at that point. No one else could catch a cold that season. You're a one-trick pony. When you weren't able to get the ball to Shai Smith that season, you had a tremendous running back in Kevin Harris. But you take Shai Smith out of the equation, you had no one to throw to. You had no one to throw to that season based on the production. I'm not saying the guys that have come out because there's some talented guys. Based on that season, you had no one else that was producing at that level like Shai. wasn't even close. The, the, the difference between one and two wasn't even close. So I say that because that's what happened his freshman season. Okay, he gets a pass on that. I'm sure a lot of people would agree with that. Heading into his sophomore season, what happens? Well, a lot of people expect that he's going to be the starting quarterback. Week two or a week, week or two into fall camp, what happens? Hurts his foot. Tries to come back from it sooner than he should have. In anyone, anybody. You didn't see the fully healthy Luke Doty, Mike. Anybody who paid attention to him in that Georgia game two years ago. Was it two years ago? I'm losing my time now. Anyone that saw Luke in 2000, uh, it would be two years ago. Anyone that saw him knew that he wasn't the same Luke. Never mind you're going up against a a Georgia team that eventually went on to win the national championship and had a very good defense. What I'm trying to get at is this, and we saw him towards you know the end with garbage time, but you're also playing with the third and fourth string guys out there on offense too. I mean, let's not forget about that. So I bring that up because I feel like Luke has had the short stick, the short oh, yeah. straw when people have evaluated him in just the short sample size. And again, I'm not here saying that Doty's going to be the next coming and, you know, don't give up on Luke. He's going to win South Carolina. I'm not saying that. All I'm trying to say is before you cast away this guy, before you cast him away, and I get it, the backup quarterback's the most most popular guy in the team. And even though in this case, this would be the number three guy in this, right? Don't write off Doty quite yet. Don't write him off. I still have him being the number two guy going into the season. Wouldn't be shocked to see him be the number two guy all season. Uh, but with that being said, even though if he is the number two, two things can still be true. He can still be your second best option this season, but you also feel like you get sellers on the field in some shape, way or form because he's talented enough that you feel like he can help the team. So I just, I just don't understand the Luke 
I don't want to say hate. I mean, that's just such a childish way to phrase it, right? No, the hate. Doubt. No, yeah, I just doubt. Maybe I don't know. Just putting, just putting Luke, I guess, to the back burner. Yeah. And again, Sellers could come in there and talk about some of the things that we've mentioned before, which is going through his progressions. He could come out there because, again, that's the beauty of arriving on campus early and having those 15 practices under his belt. Is is he fully up to speed on the speed of the game? No, but he can process information a hell of a lot quicker, I'm sure, than where he was at, say, arriving in January, arriving in February, and being out there, right? He can process things a little bit quicker, and they're going to be quicker. They're going to be quicker this fall because the installations, you ha- it's so much slower in the spring. And I'm not saying that about subs. I'm talking about in general for all players, every player. Yeah. We can talk about defense too. You have time to install stuff. And usually in the spring, installations, it's not going to be anywhere close to what it's going to be like during the regular season. Installations during fall camp, my goodness, it's coming at you every friggin' day. Every day. I mean, shoot, when we used to do two-a-days in college – that second time, you might be throwing something new in. You might have an installation uh, installation in the morning, watching film, breaking stuff down. You'd watch film from the first practice, and then you would do more installation, getting ready for the second practice. And that might only be in uppers or whatever, but still. Uh, a little bit different than what it used to be. As uh, my coach would say, and this is, God, just about 10 years ago, you know, it's Camp Candyland now. Uh, if it was Camp Candyland then, I don't know what it is now, but – um, that's just the old guy, I guess, you know, becoming the old guy in the room complaining about, a uh, fall camp. And, you know, back in my day, we used to sleep in buildings with no AC. I don't know. Wet socks for the second wet socks and wet girdles intern Joe for your two a day practices. Uh, any final thoughts intern Joe, as we wrap things up on this Tuesday night? No, that's it. Elite 11 is this weekend, right? It is this week. It's going to so, start yeah, we'll tomorrow. It's next gonna week. Take, take place starting tomorrow on the 14th and it's going to run until friday we'll hope to be able to connect with dante reno as soon as that wraps up and hopefully we're talking with dante who a dante who wins the elite 11 because that would be phenomenal i mean this look dante if you were going from an odd standpoint and i hope i hope no one's betting on these kids of what they're going to do at the elite 11 but um if you were going from an odd standpoint and we appreciate that frederick Certainly you would say, okay, Dante is probably one of the dark horses to win it, but that's, that's okay. That's okay. Um, I'm sure he'd tell you he'd like it that way to go out there and surprise some people. And I think he's going to do exactly that. If he doesn't win it, I think he's going to be someone when this is all said and done this week, people are going to say, man, that Dante Reno kid, he's freaking good. And there's a reason why all these schools are starting to come on him a little bit later, right? to recruit him, but because he committed to South Carolina uh, a year ago and because his father is a college coach and he told him, Dante, you commit to a school, you're honoring that. Unless something crazy happens, the head coach leaves or whatever, you're honoring that. So I think he's going to surprise a lot of people out there, and I think it's going to be a good opportunity for people to see what could be the future of South Carolina football. But again, as we mentioned, USC has a very talented young quarterback and Lenore Sellers, I'm not going to write off either one of those guys. And I'm hoping that this time next year, and then again two years from now, we're talking about the battles between Reno and Sellers and how they're just pushing each other 
and you have one of the best headaches to deal with when you're talking about football, which quarterback do you put in? Because both of them are good. So again, that's a ways to go. We still have a ways to go one step at a time. Uh, if you've missed any of our show today, head on over to the Gamecock central YouTube page. You can watch this show in its entirety, as well as any other Gamecock central shows that you have missed, whether it be from the past couple days, or if you want to relive a disappointing weekend for baseball, we have that as well. If you want to listen to the podcast form of this show, head on over to the Gamecock central YouTube or excuse me, Gamecock Central podcast platform, and you can catch this show in its entirety as well. He's intern Joe. I'm Mike Yuba. You guys have been listening to GC Live talking Tuesday nights. We'll do it again next week, and hopefully, hopefully, we'll be talking about some more welcome homes and perhaps a Gamecock commit or two going public with their announcements. Have yourself a good week, and we'll see you again next Tuesday. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.